Welcome to Gotti's Social TV. In this episode, we're going to be reacting to John Christ's latest video about a virtual reality church, as well as checking out a new BuzzFeed video where people tell a pastor about how they don't believe in God. We also boldly jump into some Facebook group chats and we discuss how to end a friendship in a godly way, as well as what people find to be the creepiest thing that Christians do. All right, so we are here, and this is the first episode of Goddess Social TV. How are you feeling about it? I am pretty excited. The first thing that we're doing today is we're watching this John Christ video. So I have seen it in all of the news feeds of all of the groups that I've been through. But um, I watched a little bit of it, but I was kind of like, meh, I don't know what happened. I got distracted and walked away. So I haven't seen it from start to finish. Um, I watched about, like, I, well, firstly, I got tagged in it like about three times from three different people saying, Gabe, like, you need to look at this. And I watched about 10 to 20 seconds of it and thought, I just stopped it and thought, nah, I'm leaving my reaction to the podcast. So let's watch it. Tired of having to wake up, get dressed and drive across town just to attend your favorite service? Introducing yep. Virtual Reality Church. Start by choosing a church building that meets your needs. Tired of the stress? Non-denominational, I love that. <laughs> you know, that's apparently a bigger thing in America. Really? Yeah. Like, Australia, I feel like Australians just kind of tried non-denominational and everyone got really freaked out by it, so they were like, yeah, let's just not do non- non-denominational. Well, non-denominational here is more like a service where all of the denominations go together. It's more like multi-denominational. Does that actually happen? Yeah, I've, yeah, it does. Where? <laughs> Jesus Loves Australia. Oh, yeah. Awakening Australia. That's true. Hillsong Conference. Yeah, that's true. Like they all uh, they all say multi, uh, non-denominational, but they're more multi-denominational. So it's like all the things come together. All right, let's keep going. Tired of the stress of having to choose a Sunday morning outfit? Never make a fashion mistake again because virtual reality church will style like <laughs> based on your... <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Oh, Mish, that's yeah, great. Mish. Oh, that suits me. That, that's, that's great. That's me to a T. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to touch you. I don't want to do that whole awkward, hey. You see, I love, I love the big hugs. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge hugger when it comes to church. Put me on the welcome team. I'm hugging everyone. Mm. That's why I walk into church behind you because, like, I know that you'll go in for the hug and I can slip right by. Yeah, one of my best mates is the hugest introvert. And one of the things that he said to me, the reason why he didn't want to come to church was because he was just like, he just didn't want to have to deal with people like saying hello to him and being really nice to him. Next, personalize your morning by choosing the worship experience that you want. Feeling a touch of white guilt? Add a minority worship leader. Custom (laughs) options even let you tailor the skinny. You know, the, this is where it seems ridiculous. How is this not going to be where things are at? Particularly with the famous churches. Because if you go on the apps now, if you go into the app store now, you'll see like VR Hillsong and things like that where they're obviously just experimenting with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it did get to this, would you be yay or nay? I think that like when I'm feeling lazy, I would probably choose not to get dressed and go to church. Um, but I do... 
uh, you know, like for me, I can very easily get stuck in that place where I just don't want to socialise with people and I don't want anything to do with anybody and I really feel like church is a good place to not allow me to stay in that space for a long time. Mm. So it's like I'm committed, I'm coming, but I don't go like, yeah. I feel like it would be very easy for me to drift into VR, but I don't think that it would be a positive thing for me to do. As a tech dude, I'm like, <laughs> this just looks amazing. But at the same time, I can see that, yeah, it obviously would be a little bit um, maybe not of the best thing for somebody's spiritual health, but it would serve its purpose used properly, I reckon. Let's keep looking. Kids being bad in nursery? Who cares? Worried about missing a football game? Enter your favorite team and we'll provide notifications when the game is starting. Never yes. miss a kickoff again. Want to go forward for prayer? Well, if you selected a Pentecostal service, always stand in front of a mattress. Even connect your social media accounts and we'll post for you. Get credit for being super spiritual. That, that's so great. Just the hugest dig at people. I love that. John Christ is a genius. He is. So, yeah, as you can see, John Crest is a really funny guy and if you haven't seen him, make sure that you jump on all of his social accounts and check out his videos. They are hilarious. Okay. All right, so moving on to the next thing that we want to talk about and react to is BuzzFeed's latest video called People Tell a Pastor Why They Don't Believe in God. Oh, dear Lord. BuzzFeed, huh? I haven't seen this one at all, so I don't know. I'm a little bit... Mm. Let's see. Firstly, before we watch it, let's see what the comment says. Pastor's hair on fleek, though. (laughs) (laughs) Five and a half thousand likes. That's awesome. (laughs) She's a pastor, singer, songwriter, and a wife. Wow, this woman is inspirational. God bless her. See, it's all positivity down in the comments. You don't always find that in YouTube comments. Mm, That's true. This is an interesting conversation. I love her outfit. Let me see the outfit. <laughs> Watching this, I forgot it was made by BuzzFeed. There you go. All right, let's watch the, yeah. It is cute. Take it away. I don't personally believe, right? Uh-huh. But it's like that doesn't mean that we can't live mm-hmm. the same way. Straight off the bat. Peacefulness. Hey there, I'm Erica Campbell. I'm a singer, a songwriter. I'm a mom, a wife, and all-around cool chick. So today I'm sitting down with people from different ends of the oh dude's mustache. I'm going to have a healthy conversation. Can't wait to get into it. I'm really excited. My name is Josh and I am a former Christian. Hi, I'm Emily and I identify as an atheist. My name is Nina and I identify as agnostic. I was raised in you know, a I reckon like on that Mormon household. I, I reckon for any uh, atheists or non-Christians who are watching this podcast, never if you don't want a Christian... <laughs> To tell you about Jesus, don't tell them you're an agnostic. You tell them they're a, you're an agnostic, then they're like, so you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> That's essentially how Christians hear agnostic. Isn't that right? Well, I don't know. So for me, I'm I'm like, oh, okay, you're agnostic. You believe in something. Oh, okay, well, obviously, you know, Jesus is going to get you one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's- I don't feel the need to tell them. But if they're an atheist, I'm just like, well, the Bible actually says that you know, the word is written on everyone's heart and therefore I don't believe that atheism is actually a thing. So um, I'm like, you know, you know, because it's written, it's written on your heart. But and the agnostics, Christians love agnostics. They're just like. <laughs> okay. You're on my prayer list. I'm calling Betty, old Betsy, the 90-year-old prayer warrior. You're on her prayer list. Yeah, I've sent her a photo of you and all of your kids and uh, 
Betty's going to drop off some biscuits on Thursday. All right, let's keep watching. <laughs> I was the very first one in my family to leave the church. I have been a happy non-believer ever since. I guess technically Wait, I was did he raised say he was a Mormon? in the Catholic faith. Right. I was raised in a very strict Mormon household. Indeed. I was the very first one in my Indeed. family. You know, Mormons, that, that's like technically different to Christian, right? They cop a lot of flack. They are. They are different. They believe in the Book of Mormon. But aren't they the Church of the of Jesus Christ and the Latter-day Saints? Isn't that the Mormons? Yeah, but they believed that Jesus went over to America and started a new thing. Like, you should watch South, like, South Park's Book of Mormon. I'm sorry. Are you getting... <laughs> Sorry, did you learn about Mormons through South Park? <laughs> well, it's, I did, but it's funny because in South Park, down the bottom, it's like it comes up down the bottom. This is actually in the Book of Mormon when, when it's playing it out. But that was not my point. My point is is that I know a few Mormons and they are legitimately some of the nicest people I know. So shout out to the Mormons. I don't know if they're Christians. I'm pretty sure that they identify as Christians. I, I'm not sure what their beliefs are, but um, honestly, like, to become a Mormon, it's really difficult. Like you have to do, like I think it's like 12 months on a mission trip and you don't get paid and you have to like go around door knocking, door to door, telling mm. people about Jesus. And like they're dedicated, they're hardworking, they're sacrificial, they're like nuns but in suits. Jordan Peterson would love them. Okay, why? Just because of all those traits that you listed on. <laughs> Dedicated, hardworking. Devoted. They're devoted. devoted. Yeah. They're devoted. But that is true. And the one thing that I noticed about them was that because I work a lot in uh, community services and in the foster care system, one thing I noticed is that they have such a tight-knit, like, family focus, almost a cult-like family focus. And um, that would be maybe scary for some, um, but... From a foster care perspective, like that is the perfect family to put a foster child in mm. just because like these kids are coming out of environments where family was like the last thing on the yeah on the priority list. Yeah. Whereas now the family in, the, in at least in the Mormon family that I've, um, you know, witnessed, it's like on a pedestal yeah. and they care about it so much. So just from a community services perspective... I appreciate their, like, their point of view on that. Yeah, cool. Keep watching? Yep. I was the very first one in my family to leave the church. I have been a happy non-believer ever since. I grew up lightly Hindu. Uh, we're, like, culturally Hindu, but I kind of came to the conclusion that, like, whether or not there is a God or there isn't a God, like, it has no bearing on, like, how I live my life. There you go. It all comes down to your parents and what your parents believed and the way that they did it. If you go too strong that way, they're like, yeah, I want to get out of here. And if you go too strong this way, they're like, yeah, uh, it's not really that important. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can live my life without this. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. What do you believe exists beyond the universe? It's like the area where our minds kind of exist, not the human, not the tangible. I don't think that that exists either. You don't? I don't. I think that everything that exists mm -hmm. is what exists right here, right now, mm -hmm. in this moment, in your body. I was raised in the Catholic community. I just remember the first thing we talked about was Adam and Eve, and I just remember being like, that's just like a little story. Let's talk about that. Oh, really? Let's talk about that, because we were talking about this today when we were out for lunch, <laughs> yes. about how... 
Out for lunch was actually our church. Did I yeah, remember? That's true. Yeah, it wasn't I'd... actually just out for lunch. It was our church this morning. Yeah. Well, I was chatting with a friend about how I'm not hardline on Genesis being literal. Mm. And, you know, it it raised a little a few people in the in, they weren't like, impressed. Let's just yeah. Put it they straight. were like, uh, yeah, "Excuse me, yeah." Obviously, like, it's the Bible. You can't choose which parts you cha- you take literally and what parts yeah. you don't. They're saying, "Well, if you're going to do that, you can't take the rest literally." And um, I I, I disagree with that because my point was I was saying that I believe that getting a little bit off topic, but I was saying that I believe that Christianity and evolution can coexist. Probably freaking a lot of people out. I'm not saying that I'm an evolutionist. I don't really know either way. Mm. Um. I see a lot of flaws in evolution, but, you know, I don't think that one cancels out the other. I think the two can coexist. Um, and I know that Genesis and the literal interpretation of Genesis throws so many people off straight off the bat, just like that girl there. And I was talking with my mate about how when I'm talking to people like that, I'm, I just say to them, like, whether you interpret Genesis literally or not is really beside the point. The Bible is not a scientific document, it's about relationship and it's about Jesus pursuing you. So let's just get past that part and focus on what Jesus means to you. And I'm, I'll am i sit there and debate, well, maybe not debate, but... I'm like, okay, number one, I'll sit there and admitted. fight. I will yeah. sit there and argue and ram down, ram my opinion down their throat. No, I'm joking. Um, no, I will, what I'm saying is that I believe 100% that Jesus Christ was re- crucified, he lived... He was crucified and he was resurrected, which is the most, you know, it's the part that makes him God. So if they want to debate about that, I'm, I'll go, okay, yeah, sure. But I think that's important. That's my point. That's important. Yeah. But the literal interpretation of Genesis, I personally don't think is important. What do you think? Well, you know, I'm like a lot more airy-fairy about <laughs> everything than you are. So I'm... I definitely am like, okay, revelations, like I don't think we're meant to be taking that literally. Like that is way crazy out there and there's like people riding in from the sky on horses and stuff. Mm. So and I think I'm pretty sure at the start of revelations it says it was a dream and so I'm just like, okay, well, you know, dreams are open to interpretation and that's great that it's in the Bible but I don't think that we're looking at the end times being a literal Translation of revelations. Revelation, yeah. It's obviously a metaphors and yeah. So or, or at least just a guy trying to interpret. Like, who knows what? Maybe thought it. Maybe one of those dragons was a fighter jet. Who knows? And he was just trying to interpret it. Exactly. Yeah. No, I do believe that some parts of the Bible are meant to be taken literally, and I do believe that some of that is open to interpretation. Mm. Interesting. Let's keep going. And, you know, they were like, you know, be kind, be a good person, like, help each other out, blah, blah, blah. Um, So I feel like my moral compass is good. I I hope so. I think so. (laughs) I'm working on it. The core of Mormon belief is the Holy Bible, Uh the King James Version specifically. Every time I read something, what I saw was a twist for human gain. I don't know about that. I know all the same stories. I don't know about that. I, I don't know. I'm just going to say that at this point in time, I'm going to take the word of an ex-Mormon over South Park. That's all. That's all I I'm have Googling. to say I'm Googling. Let's do this. Is the <laughs> book of Mormon offensive? 
Rude. Coming uh, to look pass. at all my look at all my spelling errors. Lipsynced. Um, is the Book of Mormon? They were, they're all talking about the South Park make of it. Um, New King James, the Book of Mormon, and the King James Bible. Okay, can you read that? <laughs> the Book of Mormon contains many linguistic similarities to the King James Bible. In some cases, entire passages are duplicated in the Book of Mormon. Sometimes the quotation is explicit, as in the second book of Nephi, which contains 18 quoted chapters of the book of Isaiah. So it's not the it's no. not the King James. It's just got a lot of... Was it the Mormons that he, like, looked at a magical rock and the magical rock told him, yeah? Yeah. It's not the... It's not the... He's... Yeah, no. Anyway, let's go back to... <laughs> I just want that's what I want to say to that dude, like you have a little bit of a misunderstanding. As many people do. And what was weird about that was that she was like, Yeah, okay, yeah. Like the Book of Mormon is the King James. Like, no, it's not. The King James is the Christian Bible, and all the other translations of the Christian Bible are still the same Christian Bible. Like the Book of Mormon is completely different. But you only know that because you watched South Park and I'm guessing she didn't watch South Park. Like you can't expect a Christian preacher to know about every other religion. I don't think she's a preacher. I don't think she said she's a preacher. Um, she's a pastor. Yeah, I don't think she's a pastor. I think BuzzFeed, they did a, another one where they had like ex-church, mega, ex-megachurch pastor quits thing after not believe, like doesn't believe in God. She wasn't a pastor. She was just a worship leader. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure this lady said that she was a pastor. I'm pretty sure. I do, I, she said she was a mum and, uh, and a singer-songwriter and stuff, not a pastor. So if she was a pastor, I would expect her to know that. That's what I'm. That's my point. Anyway, moving forward. Pretty cool. Pretty sure she said It is all an example of how crazy and chaotic our world is. If you believed in God, what would that look like to you? I feel like (laughs) if there was a God, I think it would be something that kind of unimaginable that I couldn't Mm -hmm. like process as a human being. Do you believe in life after? You know, I I don't. You know, before I was like, I don't know, maybe like raw energy, like Mm -hmm. what happens to us when we're dead, like, and nobody knows. And that's Mm -hmm. the crazy thing, right? And, uh, but, uh, very recently, actually, my twin brother passed away this summer. Mm-hmm. And so I've been, that. thank you, but I've been, you know, like searching for him and I've been like trying to be kind of like open, like if, you know, if it is like a thing, like please yeah. freaking talk to me, you know yeah. what I mean? And like I just, I haven't, well, I haven't felt well, that's because the Bible isn't really into like him. talking to the and dead. But okay, maybe if you want to go to another religion and ask that same question, you might get an answer. But she was asking for to hear something from. The brother or from God? From the brother. Right. Well, that would explain why she didn't get an answer. <laughs> you're right. What? Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you're allowed to say that. But, like, you know, me thinking about him every day and remembering him and everything that I, I feel do. I sorry it's for like, him, that's I feel horrible. like that, yeah. for me, is, like, enough, mm-hmm. you know? Every time I look at any form of organized religion, the only thing I see is division. Mm-hmm. More wars have been fought over religion than mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. Whereas when I look at a world with no religion. Right. Well, I think there, number one, when he says all I see is division, you know, that like cuts me a little bit because I'm like, you know, like I think churches could be more united. So I think what he's saying there like has an element of truth to it. But in the part that I, in the small section that I did see of this prior to this here, 
I did see the part where he was talking about more wars have been fought over in by religion than anything else. And I looked it up and that is totally untrue. And I'm going to show that to you now. <laughs> right, so quick Google search came up with this Huffington Post article. It says down here that these two guys wrote a um, book on it and they did a whole huge history on wars. And from their list of 1,763 wars, only 123 has been classified to involve a religious cause, accounting for less than 7% of all wars and less than and less than 2% of all people killed in warfare. Um, while, for example, it is estimated that while approximately 1 to 3 million people were tragically killed in the Crusades and perhaps 3,000 in the Inquisition, nearly 35 million soldiers and civilians died in the senseless and secular slaughter of World War I alone. So that's 7%. So anyone who's watching this, when you see this, they say, oh, like, more wars have just been fought than, you know, over religion than anything else. And that girl, woman again there was like, yeah, yeah, like just no. I think not true. I think she's just allowing people to speak. <laughs> I think that she is just going okay and allowing them to feel heard. I'm sure that at some point in the conversation, she actually is going to oppose what they're saying and explain maybe. to them why that they're wrong. Or maybe she's genuinely just interested in what other people believe. Are you like implying that I'm not? I wasn't making this about you at all, but, <laughs> but um, if you're making me look bad, I totally agree with you. By the way, I think that she's doing a great job of just sitting there listening. But those things are important because those a lot of those things just get thrown out there like they're fact, yeah. and they're not. And that's the reason why I'm passionate about this, particularly on this in this forum where I want to be able to empower people to go, hey, you know what? Like that's actually not true. So that's the only reason I bring it up, but I think you're right in in the sense that, you know, she may just be um, just being polite. Well, I'll often allow people to um, to go into a conversation, a long way into a conversation, when I know that what they're saying just is wrong. I'll, I'll allow them to take that as far as they need to take it. The question. I, I love hearing what you have to say. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I necessarily agree with all of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I believe that God knows you, he knows your name, he knows how many hairs are on your head. And your beautiful hair, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I had to purchase mine. <laughs> Nevertheless, I think he knows everything about you and wants to get more, wants to know more. This has been such a great conversation. She's so nice. You're such a warm, like. She's good. I feel. I think that she did a great job, you know, standard counseling techniques, um, sitting back, listening, prompt, you know, probing questions just really allowing them to explore for themselves before giving her opinion. Let's move on to the next segment of God is Social TV called Group Chat. Um, so I've been part of this awesome group for a little while, um, Christian Wives and Mums. If you're a wife or a mum and you're Christian, get into it because it's so cool. And I love the topics that they talk about there. And today I grabbed one out of there to share with everybody. Well... I love the Christian Wives and Mums group because <laughs> sometimes you just come to me with the most random things that have been posted on there, which is why we decided to um, put this in as a part of the, the show. This one isn't as random, but some of them just get really crazy. I'm like, whoa. 
And there's so many different opinions on there, but everyone seems to come together. So what question have you got for us today from the, from the Facebook Christian Wives and Mums group? Um, so this question really stood out to me and it's one that comes up a little bit on the group. Um, when would you say is the only godly reason to end a friendship? So it's a little bit mashed up, but basically what they're trying to say is how can I ditch my crappy friends and still be holy? That, that's that's pretty much the question. Like, and, and it comes up often because it's really hard. Like girls are mean and sometimes you don't want to deal with other girls, but you can't ditch them because you're a Christian and it's like, what do you do? Well, first, I, th- I had a little bit of a look through. I don't know if I'm allowed to officially go on there, but I had a little bit of a look through the the replies, and it seems as though because people were saying, "Is it a toxic relationship? Why do you want to get out of it?" And she was just essentially saying that she feels like it's, it's just a one sided relationship, where it's this woman was only involved in the relationship in regards to what she can get out of it, and not what she what she can give to it. Yeah. And that was a tough one for me to kind of decide where I felt about it because I was like, well, that's the nature of relationships. Sometimes you're the one giving all the time and other times you're the one taking all the time. For me, I'm like, don't ever cut off a friendship, ever. Like mm, just don't will... just don't cut it off. But if somebody is making you feel a way that is uncomfortable it is okay to separate your friendship from your lifestyle. So if somebody is doing these things that are making you feel sad or making you feel uncomfortable or making you feel like you aren't important to them, then you can separate that person from your lifestyle while still being their friend. So you're talking about just say if they're like into drugs or something like that and you're trying to get out of it or? Yeah, well, just in general, if somebody is not treating you right, you don't have to be constantly not treated right. Yeah, well. You can, you can be their friend from a distance. Yeah, well, I think obviously if they're treating you wrong, if they're just jerks, then, yeah, ditch them. But in this case, it's a little bit different in the sense that this, she just sounds like she's friends with a really needy person. And I, don't know, I kind of feel like we're called to love the needy people. <laughs> I mean, I've been needy in the past, um, but... The Bible actually does say some things on friends. I looked up Open Bible and they have a thing on bad friends. <laughs> Amazing. The internet. I love it. So in Corinthians, it says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Ooh. Interesting. Well, there's people at, like, at current church who have had to make a real just clear-cut decision, like you're just cut. I just cut their friends out, but they were involved in some really, really heavy stuff. Mm. So I think in that case, just cut them. Uh, Proverbs says, A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. Mm. That's, that's gossip right there. Yeah. So, again, none of these things here are really talking about what she's talking about, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like it doesn't really say a needy person is annoying. <laughs> Don't hang out with them. It's just so bad. Okay, but all right, so let's look at the situation. I don't know the, po- the poster. I don't know who the person is. I don't know what her lifestyle is. I don't know what her situation is. But it's 2018. There's every chance that she has four kids 
and is doing school runs and is making lunches and is working either part-time or full-time, like there comes a point where you go, I just can't, I, I just can't be that person for you. And that isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing for you to say, I actually don't have enough time in my life to make sure that you can live your life as well when you're already doing it for yourself. Kind of remove the scaffolding a little bit maybe. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that there comes a time where you're just like sink or swim. Like, and, and the truth is the person who posted this that is saying, yeah, this is really hard for me to deal with my life as well as yours is probably has probably already been through that stage of their life where the scaffolding has been removed removed from them. Mm. So I would assume that the person who made this post is not relying on other people to keep her afloat, but this other person is relying on 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 the poster to keep them afloat and that makes it really hard when you're trying to do life for two different people. So I think that you separate yourself from the situation. I think that you go, okay, well, I'm your friend. I'm here to celebrate your good things and I'm here to, you know, um, be a shoulder when you need somebody to cry on. But, you know, at the same time, like, I'm just going to distance myself from you a little bit. Well, yeah, I reckon what I'm hearing you saying is remove the scaffolding a bit. Yeah. And just say, all right, like have the conversation with them and say, look, like I think it's time for you to spread your wings, get out there on your own. I don't know how to do that lovingly. Maybe ask a pastor or something. Mm. They tend to be really nice people. Well, I have I have amazing girlfriends and um, all of them are responsible adults um, to different degrees. And I say, you know, and, and I'm there to help any of them at any time. Um, and I really do try my best to make sure that if something is important to them that I try and make it just as important to me. But at the same time... There are situations where I will say to them, you're a big girl, you've got this. <laughs> put, you, put your big girl pants on and get out there and do it. Like you can do this. And it's more about separating the things that I believe that they should be able to do for themselves from the things that I feel like they need support with. And I'll help, I'll walk with my friends while they're doing stuff, but I'll never carry them. <laughs> you're wrong. I guess that's Jesus' role, hey? You can't take the role of Jesus in their life. Yeah, so, cool. Let's move on to another question. This time is from Quora. I think that's how you pronounce it. It says, "This is kind of funny. I just stumbled across this. I thought, yeah, we should we should cover this." It says, "What do you find to be the creepiest aspect of the Christian faith as practiced by Christians whom you personally know?" So obviously, there's a bunch of non Christians on here, and I thought, you know what, as Christians, it'd be it's easy just to go, well, oh, I don't want to read that. But I'm interested. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, just going to, like, I'm going to apologise in advance to all of our Christian friends for anything that we're going to highlight coming up here. But, yeah, I, I'm interested to see some of the creepy stuff that people um, are experiencing from Christian friends. <coughs> Pardon me. Nice sponsored ad about the um, from the Mormons popping in there because you've done a search today. Good job, well yeah, done. That's uh, funny. As you can learn about yeah, Google Analytics. The Mormons are on to Google Ads. Go Mormons! Seventh Day Adventists have the best Facebook presence of any church denomination in Australia right now. Go, go Seventh Day Adventists! <laughs> All right. Uh, so this person has asked, uh, has answered. 
I suppose it's doctrine rather than practice, but one pair of beliefs that has always struck me as incredibly perverse and cruel is there is a hell where some people will go and they will suffer eternally. Ugh. And the second one is God is good. Well, God is good, so shut your face. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking about God being good. I'm not joking about him shutting his face. Um, yeah, the hell thing. Yeah. Um, I struggle with coming to terms with that. I just, I'm like, like I believe that it's there. But if I'm being honest, if I'm being completely honest, I try not to think about it. I'm. Well, it is that duplicity of like, okay, well, if there is a hell, how is God good? But at the same time, like God's done everything he can to keep us out of hell. He's told us the rules. He's written them in stone. He sent his son to be crucified so that we don't have to pay the debt. All we have to do is, like, believe. Like, come on. Well, I think that (laughs) people go to hell because God is good. That's what I think. Okay, explain that one. Well, God is good, isn't he? Mm. And people go to hell? Mm. Yeah, people go to hell because God is good. But if God created everything, does that include hell? And how can he be good I'm if not, he's creating I, hell and sending I'm people there really, for all of eternity? Sorry, I'm not really sure about the exact what hell is, like, but I know that it's I assume it's the absence of God. But I think that and I noticed this again working in like community services, being around a lot of people who are in unfortunate situations, and you might have noticed this as well with your upbringing, is that people who do really bad things and suffer consequences for them very rarely acknowledge the fact that they deserved those consequences. I'm talking about a lower socioeconomic group of people that I work with, and I just noticed, I'm like, none of you guys take responsibilities stake responsibility for your poor actions and really poor decision-making. And I thought, you know what, I don't think anyone is much different to that. I think that this this answer, this question right here is just that to a T. It's like, well, surely there can't be a hell because if there's a hell, I'm probably going there and obviously I'm not going there. And it's like, well, just because it's – sucks doesn't mean that it's not true. But how his point is, how can it be true and God be good? Well, because the truth is, is the the truth is, is that according to the Bible, we are all sinners. Mm. And not only like, and I think that in Western culture, we, we've all come to believe that, you know, we're, we're all right. I actually think that we're like evil. I think we're more like, I think there's this, battle between good and evil within us and the good comes forward and the evil comes forward. But I I feel like if God lifted his grace off our lives, his general grace of everyone's lives, I feel like we would just fall into a pit of just chaos and and mayhem will create hell on earth. Isn't that the rapture? Isn't that the rapture story? (laughs) Yeah, actually, yeah, it is. It is the rapture story and that's what I truly believe. I don't think – I think people are ignorant to how evil human beings are Mm. and – like maybe I've just been listening to too much Mark Driscoll, but man, like I'm I'm not like fooled about some of the stuff that goes on goes on in my heart. And you're either guilty or you're innocent. 
you're not half guilty when, when somebody's got you in, in, in a court case. You're not half guilty of murder. You're not half guilty of stealing. You're either guilty or you're innocent. And you have to come to the – it's the whole part of the Christian faith. You come to the conclusion to say, I'm guilty. I'm as guilty as, as anyone else. Mm. And that's obviously when Jesus steps in and says, you know what, like I've washed him clean. Mm. So there you go. You've, you've copped the gospel here on God is Social TV. But I don't know what got me onto that. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I don't know what got me onto that. But, yeah, that's just what I think. All right. So what's the creepiest thing that somebody, that Christians, I want to word it properly so that it's not just me paraphrasing. What do you find to be the creepiest aspect of the Christian faith as practiced by Christians whom you know personally? The creepiest thing. All right, I've got to be careful about this. Yeah, you do. Because the only person that watches our podcast are our friends <laughs> and, all, and our, all of our friends are Christians. So The creepiest. I oh, know. I've gotten pretty used to um, <laughs> like just, I don't know, crazy Pentecostal people. There's a difference between crazy Pentecostal people and creepers. So they're talking about creepy. Mm. Um, I don't know. What about you? Just throw it back at you. <laughs> um, so there's a few things that I find creepy, but one, like the creepiest thing that ever happened to me was when I was getting prayed for. And I've been prayed for a lot of times. I'm like, you know, they're like, come and get prayed for. And I have a neck injury. So I'm just like, okay, I have a neck injury. I'm going to go get prayed for and it's going to be healed. And I'm just waiting on Jesus's timing and all of those things that you tell yourself. But I went forward. <laughs> I, I, this man actually came up to me in our church and he wasn't from our church. He was visiting and he said, can I pray for you? And I was like, okay. And I'm an introverted person. I don't like people being in my space. And so he was like hands on praying and I was like, okay, I can, I can deal with this. And then at the end of his prayer, he was like, and you're healed. And I was like, no. I'm not, and I didn't know what to say. So I'm now feeling doubly uncomfortable because I'm feeling uncomfortable by the fact that this man is in my space. I don't know him. And and now he's telling me that I'm healed and I'm not, and I don't know how to respond to it. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm not healed. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, that's okay. Um, I'll, I'll pray again. So he prays again for me and he's like, and you're healed. And I'm and then I was looking at you making eye contact, yeah, like, what do, like, what do I do? And he was a well-meaning young lad. I yeah. He was a really new, new Christian. New in the faith. And, yeah. and, and he just, but he just came in pretty hard. Yeah, he was so excited and that we, he was going to heal me and I hadn't been healed in years and he was going to heal me and it was very exciting. And, and so. It's worth mentioning as well the fact that we didn't know this guy. Yeah, no. It was the first time we met him. Yeah. So it might have been a bit different if it was, you know, yeah. friend, pastor kind of. Praying yeah. for you, but this dude just was a dude off the street and just. But now I'm really creeped out. I'm just like, okay, this guy's in my space. He's telling me I'm healed. I'm not healed. I don't know how to respond in this situation. Do I just lie and tell him that I've been healed? Like, what do I do? Hopefully, he just lets it go. But I kind of felt like he wasn't going to, and he didn't. So he was just like, "It's okay. This is just testing my faith. I'm going to pray for you again." So he prays for me and he gets in really close yeah, and he's I remember holding these. like the side of my face and my neck and he's here and he's in my ear and he's whispering, 
trying to cast demons out of me. And I'm like standing there like looking at you like save me, my God, like what is going on right now? Not only is this guy in my space, he's holding my face, he's whispering in my ear, he's like commanding demons out of me. And I'm just so freaked out that I'm just like, get me out of here. I don't know what to do. And I think that went on for a little bit and then I was just yeah, like, just I, I, I think I just bailed. I think I was just like, okay, I'm I'm gone. Like, I think the it. pastor ended up just pulling him aside. Yeah, saying, I think definitely somebody came and intervened and yeah. was just like, no, mate, like, mm. sorry. Like, and he, he was like, oh, you can't like, what, what a church this is. You don't need, I'm getting kicked out for trying to heal people. And it's like, that's not what it was. It was like, you just kind of came in. Nobody knows who you are. Mm. And I think the pastor said, like, I'll just turn up at your church and preach next week then, will I? Like, it's rude and you need to, you know, speak to me before you start creeping out people that go to my church. Mm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that that is, that, that does sound a little bit creepy. And I should say, like, I totally believe in the power of prayer. I believe in miraculous healings. I believe that they happen in Jesus' time. I'm not, like, against that. I believe that people should be able to drive out demons and all of that, but just that was the creepiest experience I've ever had in my life. And because of it, I don't let strangers pray for me with, like, hands on. On that, the creepiest experience that's ever happened to me was actually a deliverance. I (laughs) might tell everyone about that (laughs) later on in life. But I reckon the people below my unit while that was happening would have been like, that sounds weird, man. And that was actually creepy, but it happened. So uh, just to counteract your thing of somebody tried to pray for me and it was just weird, well, something happened to me and it was crazy. But if people want to know about that later on in another podcast, I'll tell them. But I reckon we might leave it there. Yeah. All right, so we'll leave it there. If you guys want to support this channel, go and check out our stuff um, on goddesssocial.com. We've released the ultimate Facebook training for churches just this week where we cover everything that you need to know to do Facebook for your church. All right, guys, so thanks for tuning in. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're on Instagram, please follow. If you're on Facebook, please like us. And we will see you next week.